Uh, my name is Deborah Yinch. I'm originally from Baytown, Texas, but now live in Victoria, Texas. I'm married to Kurt Yinch, and we've been married for 35 wonderful years this May. Welcome to the Experience Jesus Calling podcast. Deborah had begun a habit of practicing her faith daily by saying the words, I trust you, Jesus, to whatever came her way. While on a family ski trip, her son was involved in a life-threatening accident. Through this, Deborah began to put those words into action in a way she had never faced before. The Lord is good, and He is a refuge in times of trouble, and He does care for those who trust Him. We experienced it, and so it was, that's not in the Bible just for us. That's in the Bible for everyone that God sent His Son for. We've raised three children here in Victoria, Texas. Our oldest son, Eric, is 33 years old. Our second child, Caleb, is 25 years old. And our only daughter, Sarah Kate, celebrated her 11th birthday last month. Caleb was a pretty easy child. He had lots of personality. And when I say lots of personality, I mean an abundance of personality. He accepted Jesus at a really early age and you know was active in church because we were active and took him to church and so it became evident as the youth that he was living his life for the Lord and that was his focus when Caleb's group of kids were asked to choose their life verse when they were in high school Caleb chose Nahum 1 7 which says the Lord is good a refuge in time of trouble he cares for those who trust in him. And Caleb said, you know, I don't know why I'm choosing this verse. It's just stood out to me and it's just such a good verse. How he came to that verse, I can't actually tell you, but I can tell you for certain that the Lord gave Caleb that verse. And though Caleb didn't know what it was for at that time, God already knew. Kurt and I have a morning time where we both are uh, reading our Bible and reading a devotion. And we started in 2011 reading Jesus Calling. And then in 2012, it had become such a habit that we just picked it up and started reading it again. So it was in 2012, um, on January 4th, that we read Jesus Calling in Keystone, Colorado, before our second day of snow skiing. That particular devotion started by challenging us to make a habit of saying, I trust you, Jesus, in response to whatever happened. So I encouraged Kurt to do just that when we got to the top of the mountain and he couldn't get his skis on and he was frustrated. And being the good wife that I am, I encouraged him and said, you know, you just need to say, I trust you, Jesus. And he just looked at me and, you know, went back down the mountain to search for his skis. So, you know, we, at that point, whenever we would um, read something from Jesus Calling, it, it was beginning to sink in. And though I said it joking, jokingly, we did know that that was a call on our life to say, I trust you, Jesus, to whatever was happening. So we just laughed and said, yeah, we'll, we will practice this, but really meant it when we said it. 
That afternoon of January 5th, Kurt and I just picked Sarah Kate up from ski school and we were heading toward the gondola to ride the mountain, up the mountain to meet Caleb and his friends so we could ski together before dinner. And so I looked at my phone um, screen and saw the incoming call was from Kalina. And Kalina was one of Caleb's best friends that he was skiing with. And I just figured, well, of course, Kalina has been elected to call and tell us they're going to be running late. She called, and uh, Kalina informed us Caleb had been hurt and was being life-flighted to Denver. And at that point, Kurt knew something was seriously wrong just by seeing the look on my face. And I was looking at the distant sky, and I saw a helicopter, and it was carrying Caleb. Again, I didn't realize at that point that the next day when I would be asked to say, I trust you, Jesus, the circumstances would be much more dire than they were when it comes to um, losing your skis. So, you know, there's a big lesson in there for me. It's like, you know, do you really trust me? Because you want to just hand me skis, but you don't want to hand me your son. And as I looked at the helicopter um, against a beautiful, clear sky, there was just all what I would call chaos all around us. There was noise and activity and people trying to get on the gondola and uh, the sound of um, skis snapping on. But all I saw was the helicopter in the distant sky and it was as if someone had hit a mute button for all the sound around me. And there was just silence in my head and I saw that helicopter carrying Caleb. And so, it, I describe that as a peace where God just blocks out all the noise and the distractions of life and just a peace came over me. He gave us that peace. He gave us a calmness to do what we needed to do. As that peace came over me, I immediately went to my phone and called our pastor's wife, who's one of my best friends, and just told her in the best broken voice that I could, that Caleb's been hurt. It's, it's serious. We need you to pray, and we need you to get our prayer warriors praying. And I have no doubt what happened from there. Um, and as she tells me, she hit her knees and just cried out to God, but and then immediately went to the phone calling others, and it just went out exponentially. So we uh, think it was about 12 hours from the time of seeing the helicopter transporting Caleb to the hospital before we would lay our eyes on him. And so, we, you know, when you looking, uh, when we were looking at Caleb lying completely still, he had gauze wrapped completely around his head, and machines were hooked up to him in various places. It was just like nothing we'd ever seen before, and especially when we were looking at our son. You know, we'd seen it maybe on TV, but this was personal. This was different. They came out and they explained to us in terms that I could understand that Caleb had suffered a head injury, and it was called a closed head injury. They were able to tell us that Though he suffered a head injury and it was serious, that there were no other broken bones or injured organs. 
at that point. And we knew that was a blessing to count. So they didn't initially give us a prognosis as, as to whether he'd live or die because they didn't know. They informed us that they had removed the part of Caleb's skull known as the brain flap. So what was happening is his brain was herniating and caused from swelling so much that it was beginning to push within itself into parts of the skull where it shouldn't be. And in Caleb's case, it was at the base of the skull where the, where the spinal cord connects. So that's why they needed to allow it room to swell. Within the first hours of recovery following surgery, we started requesting our prayer warriors to pray specifically because we were given some specifics that we were looking for. So the first specific prayer request, you know, after those first cries for help were that um, his oxygen levels would rise. Caleb was at a seven and the number we were praying for him to reach was 20. So we put out the prayer request through the networks that um, please pray for Caleb to reach 20 because that's what they need to see his oxygen levels at. So um, by the end of that day, we were able to go back and ask our prayer warriors to go to God and give thanks because his levels were above 30. So that was one, uh, a few of the moments that, you know, we just saw specific answers to prayer. Um, Carter requested information on the events that took place on the mountain in Keystone, you know, concerning Caleb and his transport because we had gotten a few details of how he was being transported, but you know, we really were just piecing things together at this point. So this was, um, you know, at least a week or more later that Caleb, uh, Kurt was requesting this information. And so during that time, he learned about what's called the golden hour. And um, it refers to the period of time lasting anywhere from a few minutes to several hours when prompt medical treatment can prevent death. So there's this golden hour that they try to get a person help uh, so that in a traumatic injury, you know, they they can do the best for them within that hour. So we were looking, you know, at that point we didn't know about the golden hour. But as Kurt learned about it and then heard the events, it just kind of was like, well, isn't that amazing? Uh, so the estimated time from when um, Ski Patrol first got to Caleb on the mountain and when he was on the operating table at St. Anthony's Hospital was one hour and five minutes. So for that to happen, a lot of things had to fall into place. And when I think of some of the things throughout Caleb's um, recovery Man cannot make things happen because when we do, even if I planned everything like this, there would be a glitch somewhere. That's just the way life is. So we just go, wow, you orchestrated this, God. And so we get our Jesus calling out and we're reading the devotional and we just were like, there is no way we're reading what we're reading. And so this was on January 20th. And the words that um, stood out to me in that particular Jesus Calling passage were, I want you to approach this day with awareness of who is boss. 
As you make plans for the day, remember that it's I who orchestrate the events of your life. And it goes on to say, on days when your plans are thwarted, be on the lookout for me. I may be doing something important in your life, something quite different from what you expected. Don't try to figure out what is happening. Simply trust me and thank me in advance for the good that will come out of all of it. Caleb was uh, in trauma ICU for 28 days in San Anthony Hospital where we prayed that he would live, that he would make purposeful movements and he would open his eyes and that he would clear fever because he ran fever for all those days. So at that point, our prayers, you know, shifted to God give us faith for what will happen next because we had no idea. His next month and a half, we were, uh, we chose to be in Houston versus staying in a rehab facility in Denver because in Houston we'd be closer to family and friends. And so we uh, spent a month and a half at Tier Memorial in Houston, Texas. So at this place he'd take his first steps being assisted by four therapists and his greatest gains were verbal gains. You know, he began to, that's when he began to communicate. So we were communicating with him here where we weren't at um, St. Anthony's. So along with the positive improvements, he would remain in what was called a state of post-traumatic amnesia, which he would best describe as being in a dream state. So he believed everything was a dream and he would ask us to wake him up. And when we would say this is not a dream, he would become angry and aggressive. But from there, we have what we were we call a forced move because of his aggression and behaviors. They were not able to serve him well there. So we were sent to Touchstone. So he was there from March 13th to June 26th. About mid-May, Caleb began to uh, clear amnesia. And, you know, each day would hold just a little bit more memory. So things, while we were in the midst of this place, I didn't want to be. God worked in us. We loved this place. By the time we left, I was crying because I was leaving people I loved dearly. And um, we left there, and Caleb was able to come home to Victoria, Texas, and start outpatient rehab for the next six months at Warm Springs facility here in Victoria. Deborah's resolve to trust God daily was put to the test when her only son faced a life-changing diagnosis. His recovery is still in process, and there are challenges. Again, Deborah. Caleb moved to Dallas, Texas, three years after his injury following graduation from A&M in December of 2014. He's doing very well. Uh, he does have fatigue, and that's part of having a brain injury. But you know, he chooses to work through that fatigue. He um, presently works with IGO Global Ministries in Dallas and he has a part-time job with University Laundries. Caleb talks to others about his injury for the purpose of sharing Jesus with them. He testifies to the power of prayer in his life. Deborah and Caleb are grateful for the healing that has happened for Caleb since the accident. She is able to see God's hand in their lives even as Caleb continues to recover. Next time on the Experience Jesus Calling podcast, 
We hear the story of Paul Scholl, a young man who is embarking on an incredible mission, and how he hopes to help others and inspire them with the hope he's found in Jesus Calling. My name is Paul Scholl. I'm 29 years old. I am a teacher up in Fargo, North Dakota, and uh, I'm doing an awesome, exciting bike trip this summer. Very excited cross-country bike trip starting in Oregon and uh, going all the way over to Maine. I think we all have opportunities every day to make a difference, and some of us make a difference without even realizing it. In fact, all of us do, just by being witnesses of Christ in our world here, just through our actions and attitudes and so forth. Anyways, um, this might be one great opportunity for me to make a difference, uh, a big difference, um, in one big event. Our featured passage today comes from the January 5th entry of the Jesus Calling audiobook. You can achieve the victorious life through living in deep dependence on me. People usually associate victory with success, not falling or stumbling, not making mistakes. But those who are successful in their own strength tend to go their own way, forgetting about me. It is through problems and failure, weakness and neediness, that you learn to rely on me. True dependence is not simply asking me to bless what you have decided to do. It is coming to me with an open mind and heart, inviting me to plant my desires within you. I may infuse within you a dream that seems far beyond your reach. You know that in yourself you cannot achieve such a goal. Thus begins your journey of profound reliance on me. It is a faith walk, taken one step at a time, leaning on me as much as you need. This is not a path of continual success, but of multiple failures. However, each failure is followed by a growth spurt, nourished by increased reliance on me. Enjoy the blessedness of a victorious life through deepening your dependence on me. Hear more great stories about the impact Jesus Calling is having all over the world. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Calling podcast on iTunes. We value your reviews and comments so we can reach even more people with the message of Jesus Calling. And if you have your own story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Visit JesusCalling.com to share your story today.